This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. We're at your third hour. Great day for talk radio. My goodness, here we are with uh, one of the people I've really admired from afar and uh, up close for a long, long time. I've been looking forward to doing this segment since we first talked uh, just recently. Frank Stronach is one of the preeminent industrialists in the world, the founder of Magna International, largest auto parts company in the world. Goes without saying, most people familiar, but he's also North America's most prominent horse breeder and racetrack owner. And he's also an author, philosopher, and so much more philanthropist. I could go on. The list is endless. His latest book is The Question of All Questions. Where did we come from and where are we going? A Roadmap for Building a More Civilized Society. Frank, it's always great to have you in the studio and uh, talking this way. I appreciate you coming in. Nice to be here, John. You know, I'm looking at the book. First, I've got to say, because uh, there's so many issues that you address in the book that are relevant to today, needless to say. But even, you know, currently, this very day that we were discussing previously in the uh, two hours before in the program. But the first thing I've got to ask about is the book's cover, because I know it uh, looks very familiar to me, uh, this sculpture that... If you're flying into Fort Lauderdale or driving along US-1 outside of Hallandale, you can notice it from afar because you've got this magnificent sculpture that sits outside of Gulfstream, one of your racetracks in Florida, and it's uh, called Pegasus and Dragon. Tell me what the the significance and the symbolism is all about here, first of all, with Pegasus and and Dragon. Well... The world has always been influenced by the good spirits and the bad spirits, right? Uh So we have the Pegasus, obviously, is the sign or the subject of the good spirits, and you got the dragon, which is sort of the bad spirits. Uh, So we we are confronted every day with good thoughts and bad thoughts, and et cetera, et cetera. All right, but this... The sculpture is, uh, it's so magnificent. It's like more than 10 stories high. As I say, you see it from the air. It's a, a landmark there. What what prompted you to erect this thing? Well, I, I'm heavily in the horses, right? And I own many race, uh, race horses and race tracks. And I wanted, to, I wanted to build a family entertainment park. And so I have thought about it uh, and looked in all the historical books, et cetera, et cetera, what should be the subject, what, how, how, how should I go about it? And, I, and I, the more I got into it, the more I, I came to realize I got into a story about Pegasus. So I think it's, it is the, I believe it's the largest bronze sculpture in the world. Yeah, like it's bigger than the Statue of Liberty. Yet uh, the Statue of Liberty has a very high uh, base, you know, mm-hmm. which isn't really... The sculpture itself is uh, is not this big as the the, the Pegasus bronze. <laughs> what does it weigh? I had uh, many thousands of tons, right? <laughs> right. I had uh, just to um, the the foundation is uh, sixty feet down. Okay, because you gotta you gotta make sure that the hurricane doesn't blow it over, <laughs> and so there's a gigantic steel structure. And there were a thousand two hundred. The 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 basic uh, sculpture was uh, cast in China, 
and they shipped about uh, a picture now about uh, three yards by four yards. They were roughly the pieces they could put on containers, and there were 1,200 pieces wow. of that which were fastened to the steel structure. Uh-huh. I had 70 Chinese welders here for uh, nearly a year which were welding and fastening the pieces to the steel structure, and then they had to polish it off, right? And uh, wow. Yeah. So it's a, it's it's when you take a closer look, it's quite an engineering feat. Can I ask you what it cost? In many millions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah, all right. Yeah, hey, I, I think around the thirty or forty million. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, it's quite the legacy in the statement, as I say, the symbolism, and you just explained, you know, the forces of good and evil in conflict, and uh, that sort of speaks to the human condition too. Yeah, yeah, we are, we are confronted every day. There, you know, there's always things which aggravate us, or we think this isn't right, this is, it should be this or that. So we are confronted every day with good thoughts and bad thoughts. Well, you know, I, I wanted to dwell on the good thoughts because they seem to, uh, hopefully, in movies and uh, mythology and everything, they tend to win out in the end. It doesn't always work that way perfectly, but uh, let's touch on that because as this theme runs throughout your book, you're looking to build uh, a more civilized society, an ideal uh, society, as it were. And uh, let's start with the economic things. You know, we were talking yesterday, Buzz Hargrove was on this program, and I said, uh, having read the book, that uh, you'd really like to see more capitalists. I, I, that, that, uh, you reminded me now, I really got to send a book to Buzz Hargrove because I respect him and I had great relations with him over the years. You know what? He respects you too. As a matter yeah. of fact, uh, one of the reasons, and I was chiding him last week saying, you know, uh, Frank never had unionized shops, and he said that's because Frank always looked after his people better than the union would. <laughs> so that was a testament to how you run your operation. Yeah, yeah. So, But that's rooted in a certain philosophy as well. I, I think you call it fair enterprise, you know, making sure that the workers are looked after, and you want to create more capitalists. But just, you mentioned that uh, sort of the capture, uh, the caption of the book is how to build a more civilized society. So basically, what I'm trying to say is, somewhere along the line, we should have an idea or a, or a concept. What would what would constitute an ideal society? If if we if we got no ideas, how can you put the building blocks together to build that ideal society? So I made an attempt to say we need XXX. Those are the building blocks of a civilized society. Yeah, and you've got a lot of uh, chapters devoted to things like education, uh, as well as health care, and so on and so forth. I want to start with, uh, you know, and you've noted this from your upbringing as well, uh, wealth redistribution and socialism are kind of stifling free enterprise. We're starting to see a change now. You even say Europe is maybe too far gone and has lost. Do you find a danger here in Canada and the USA where we're slipping into societies of entitlement, dependence, and that kind of thing? Yeah, I, I want to point out, I come from a, from a working-class family, and uh, basically uh, I'm constantly thinking or I'm committed, how can we alleviate, how can we uh, wipe out poverty? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm driven by that. And when you, when we look throughout history, right, uh, uh, the socialistic philosophies, they sound great, right? They're great, and uh, especially younger people are sometimes are worried. They think it's the answer to all the demands problem. But really, when we look at a lot of pra- practical examples, because the socialistic philosophies are based on wealth distribution. 
First, we got to create wells. If we don't create wells, there's nothing to distribute. And we have so many examples. A prime example is it was East Germany, right? East Germany, uh, uh, they had socialism, communism for about 30, 40 years. During that time, uh, the infrastructure got the totally destroyed and everything crumbled and they could not feed themselves anymore. Whereby West Germany, uh, you know, uh, the, the living standards, etc., etc., were very high. Well, all right. And that was a good case study. But here, let me just take you to the immediate. In Ontario, Doug Ford's getting some heat now uh, because he's decided to cancel the basic uh, guaranteed income for four it's about 44,000 people on this pilot project they were guaranteed uh, a basic income $17,000 for a single person 24,000 for a couple in uh, three or four communities Hamilton uh, Thunder Bay Lindsay Ontario and uh, people are saying well how are they going to be lifted out of poverty now that he's canceled this program you see a basic guaranteed income as something to lift people out of poverty? That would be the worst thing which could happen to society because you would create a certain class system. It would be the worst. And uh, uh, for the simple reason, we, you know, there's a little bit of greed in every one of us, right? Those are the basic instincts of a homo sapien because without that, the world, uh, the world cannot exist. It will not make progress. But too much greed is a very destructive force, right? In the book I li- outlined, uh, so we should uh, what are you know what are the, the the minimum principles of a civilized society? And the civilized in a civilized society, nobody should go hungry. You must have access to food. In a civilized society, everybody should have access to shelter. Okay, mm. and. Everybody must have access to uh, to 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 medical care, right? Mm-hmm. So those are the basic principles. Which yes, we have we have achieved great uh, human charters of rights, and two uh, Western countries have reasonable, well-functioned democracies. But we are still far away. That it's missing uh, access that nobody should go hungry. Mm-hmm. access to shelter and access uh, to, to, to medical care. You don't want fall, people falling through the cracks or leaving people behind, certainly people on the margins. But then my question to you is, how would you uh, foresee a better way of lifting people out of poverty and safeguarding against this? Uh, look, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how smart you are. In life, you need a little bit of luck. If luck is not with you, it's uh, then uh, life could be very dreary, very black. So uh, that, uh, what I'm trying to say is, you could be smart, but you could have uh, you could have some bad luck and default to the cracks. So thereby, I'm saying, look, uh, 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 a city with uh, with a million people should have maybe at least ten social care centers. Oh, yeah. Right where you uh, where where so for for every hundred thousand you need a social care center where if you be if you got no money so where where you could uh, where you could stay overnight or stay for a number of things till you get back in your feet you could have access to food and medical care. All right, so and so- this would be a lot cheaper than what we do now and be a lot better. Well, all right, uh, because, you know, increasingly as uh, the social safety net expands, we get 
big bloated bureaucracies as well. In fact, Doug Ford, the premier, also on Friday, caused a Thursday, caused a real storm here because he cut city council from 47 councillors down to 25. And everybody's saying, well, there goes democracy. And not everybody, but the left are saying that. But you do you think he made the right move by trying to slash the bureaucracy? And- yeah, he didn't make the right move. He should have cut it more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? No, but let me, let me uh, look, I remember about 50 years ago, right? Uh-huh. I remember when the first computers came on the market. Uh, it uh, the, the marketing, the computer marketing people said, if you got one of those computers, you could eliminate the total office floor. Right. Okay? Yeah. But what do we have today? 50 more 50 times more office buildings than 50 years ago. What do you think they do in there, in those office buildings? Bush paper. Because every year they have uh, thousands of new laws and thousands and thousands of new paragraphs. It, uh, it, uh, the great danger to society is, you know, like in, uh, <clears throat> as a person, if your cholesterol is too high, right? Mm-hmm. You, your, your blood flow won't, won't, won't function and, and you die, right? right? The same thing happens with the society, right? The society has got too much cholesterol. The the the, <laughs> the 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 energy can't flow anymore, right? So it's it's choking, right? It's choking, right? Right. So that's uh, that's one of the great problems, and we have way 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 too many uh, too many uh, you know. Uh, that, it, or, or let me give you a practical example. You could have a factory. Mm-hmm. The workers on the factory floor can work as hard as anything, but if if there's too many people in the offices, that company will not be competitive. The same thing holds true. You know, and history is proof more when society gets uh, gets complacent and everything is fine. They get fat, they think here, and they get bloated, and they're not competitive anymore. And other societies will take over, right? Europe will Europe will uh, fall back to a third or fourth world war country. Really? Yes. You see that already happen. I, I, I see that happen, right? I mean, you uh, and you see the signs here too. You go in one of the big department stores, you hardly see any products made in America, right? Yeah, but uh, think about it. You know, you got a uh, uh, so you see very few new factories being built, right, in Canada, right? And because you, you, I mean, you have warehouses built. Right, right. It's utterly, you know, we we got to take a close look. It's we we destroying ourselves. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, I know you state in the book that what we have is a paper economy. We don't have a real economy any longer. Uh, somewhere along the line, we've lost that. Manufacturing is dying. Well, Trump's- we, we, we say we've gone away from the real economy. The real economy means making products which you can sell. Right. Okay. We gone from a real economy to a financial economy where we push financial papers. Right. You can eat that. Well, <laughs> you're right. Well, we may be reduced to eating that eventually. Let's come back <laughs> yeah. and talk some more. I want to see if, you know, because Donald Trump is trying to repatriate wealth and manufacturing, if uh, he's got a right idea and the plan. Frank Stronach is with us. Again, he's a world-renowned industrialist and the founder and honorary chairman of Magna International on a lot of thoughts in his book, The Question of All Questions. Where did we come from? Where are we going? Uh, we're going to break, and then we'll come back and talk more with Frank in a moment.